for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, Vincent Gargiulo National Park. You think we're a successful rock band and we're not. You think we're a successful podcast. <laughs> Wait, you're not Mark Marin? Hey everybody, welcome to the Brick Pit. I am your host, Josh, uh, otherwise known as the Kmart Joe Rogan on Blue Light Special. With me, as always, is the boy that ran away from the circus to get his dream job, working a soul-crushing job at 9 to 5. Jason? It's worked out so far. (laughs) Weren't you the monkey grinder, or were you the monkey? I was the one cleaning up after the monkey. (laughs) That's good. And the monkey grinder. <laughs> Do you have a 401k? No, I work for Peanut. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Got to hit Josh the dad jokes before you. Yeah, so, so this is starting out swimmingly. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> we have four very special guests. We have uh, most of the members of Vincent Gargiulo National Park. Vincent, Ian, Jeremy, and Elisa. I think that's Hello. the first time anyone Hi. has ever pronounced the band name correctly on the first go, too. So congratulations. We we had some run-throughs. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I wanted to have you guys on the show because, um, you know, we were talking before. I, I don't know how I found you, but when I did, I just was absolutely enthralled and watched everything multiple times. I love the I love the music. I love the uh, the videos. We were talking at, at some point of doing an episode about music and video and how it kind of meshes together. And uh, but there was another idea of doing a, a podcast on kind of like it. It's trite to say now, but the digital revolution because um, we we are of a certain age where we shot our student films on film. And- <laughs> And there was no YouTube and there was no access to the world and uh, and kind of talk to you guys about like what your experiences are with that and and how you make the videos, make your music, how, how you all get along or don't get along. Any kind of fun stuff that that may come up <laughs> and we may just learn something along the way. We're all really professional <laughs> and very business like we not. really take our job seriously. And no drama. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't know each other before, so we didn't have anything to carry on with us into the band. Oh, that that's always well. How did all how did all of you meet? First time we've actually met. <laughs> Vince and I were roommates. I think yeah. that's one of the one of the inceptions. He knew Elisa before that. Yes. Yeah, we met like eight years ago or something. No, we talked about this the other day. We decided it was ten years. Ten oh my years. god! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, uh, I was looking for, I, I was in a different band at the time and I was looking for, uh, someone to direct a music video. And I came across a film that Vincent, well, uh, separately of looking for someone to direct a music video, I came across this film, uh, the, the Muppet, Muppet list movie. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I, I started watching it on, on YouTube 
And I was like, oh, what? wait, that's San Francisco. And uh, I was I was really, really excited about that. And I sent Vincent a very official email telling him that I'd like him to direct a music video for our, my band. And um, he did. And that band never released the music video. But, uh, <laughs> so good. It's so good, you guys. Yeah. Uh, but, but Vincent, you had sworn off directing music videos when I met you. And you told me that. Uh, but then I somehow convinced you to direct this, this one. So this, could get, this could get it. This could get lengthy. Um, I did want to say that um, that video of his old band that I made, I have been stealing footage from it for several different projects. <laughs> <laughs> stealing so, may be a harsh word. Oh yeah, is it stealing yeah. if yeah. you made it? <laughs> well, so all right, so the the come here for love video did you see that one josh i did there are, there are no new shots of ian in that video really all his footage is from that old video made four years earlier wow that's production that's, efficiency right? that is production. and uh and in the new video retro signs the polar bear footage well the polar bear on the beach footage was from that video really and, yeah. uh, the drummer from that that band uh he he's in in our new video uh yeah 10 years 10 years ago drummer or <laughs> five years ago what was five it years ago yes yeah. yeah if he only knew then what he knows now <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a that band that's that's a great trick though don't let any any footage go to waste ever i thought um, it was good stuff so i wanted to use it and and uh, you know, was, I had it and was free. So there you go. The two best things to have it and it to be free. It wasn't the Roger free. Corman. It method. wasn't free for me. <laughs> uh, I, did, I did pay him for that video. <laughs> right. So I wanted to use I wanted to use Ian's investment as well. Yeah. Win win yeah. for Vince. But he got you in the band, so it's like yeah. So did you? Yeah. It's like you paid to audition for the band in a weird it, way. It was kind of like that, I guess. Yeah. I've never thought of it uh, that you, way. You but. can PayPal me if you, <laughs> if you would like to launch your podcasting career. You like paying for um, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, maybe. That's fantastic. Maybe. Um, before we go any further, uh, I know Vincent may have one he wants to talk about, but we like to ask all of our guests if they have any brick pits. Uh, no shame if you don't. Uh, my brick pits come and go. Sometimes some things infuriate me, and I watch it later, and I forget that it infuriated me. And Jason has, he has, like, the this kind of strange record of, like, he can remember everything I've ever done. Or he lies about it, and I forget about it, and he just sounds so convincing. <laughs> He'll nope. say, the jig is up. <laughs> He'll say, you hated that six months ago. I'm like, really? <laughs> So, um, if anybody has a brick pit, let's uh, let's hear it, Vincent. I I'm, I lied. I don't have one, but I wanted to share a story about my father when oh. we were growing up. He um, pretty much every movie with him had a bricked pit in it, and he couldn't he couldn't enjoy a movie without knowing where everybody worked. <laughs> would always complain about how do people have time for this you know 
<laughs> like if if Jodie Foster in Contact, she's doing all this alien stuff. He's like, when you know, what's her work schedule? <laughs> you paid time he, off. What's going on here? Because he couldn't believe people had a life and work schedule different than him. <laughs> <laughs> which is working that's amazing um, that's that is awesome what a true american worker your father is <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh happy labor day to well this him. is on a on a delay so it'll probably be long past <laughs> happy belated labor day christmas everyone <laughs> just delay it Twelve months. There you go. <laughs> Next year on the brick pit. <laughs> Did anybody else have one? I have a tiny one. Um, it's just the first thing that came to mind because it was the most recent. I just finished watching Castle Rock. I know it's not cinema; it's a show. Oh, I love Castle Rock. Yeah, it was amazing. It. So bummed that they canceled it. I know. But, um, so uh, Castle Rock season two um, in like one of the later episodes. They used the same curtains in one scene that they did in a previous scene that was in a different setting. And that pissed me off. Because <laughs> that, the show right. is so good. Like mm-hmm. the details that they put, the Easter eggs that they put for Stephen King's books, you know. Um, and then someone goes and uses the same curtains. That, come on, guys. Come I'm, on. I'm with you. Uh, yeah, Castle Rock absolutely amazing disgusting that it was and then we got the uh cbs stand miniseries which was awful but oh no i i didn't watch that <laughs> don't <laughs> I'll, I'll save you time cool anyone else before we uh start moving on all I right mean, this isn't this isn't a bricked pit but okay as a as a filmmaker, you know, I, I think I'm a little bit more forgiving than most, but I, I often think about things that are in our own videos that reoccur and like, are people going to, is, are people going to notice that? I was going to ask you at one point, so I might as well ask you now, is yeah. there a Gargiulo verse? Um, <laughs> it's not official. <laughs> yes. I, I put connections together. I make, but I, I, you know, I think that's the nature of people when they, when they watch media, especially film. Um, I'm a big proponent of the theory that it's takes you to either a dreamlike state or back to like the, uh, the Freudian mirror stage of development where you're like, you're looking at something outside of yourself and recognizing it as yourself. So I think that that lends itself to people making connections like, oh, you know, I saw this and that's why Easter eggs are so popular. So is, is so is that intentional or do you think it's is it just kind of depends what you're talking about? Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, it could be. I uh, but some of it is, you know, I only my closet can only hold so many props. So they, <laughs> they reoccur and uh, certainly. The polar bear and the chicken have been seen in several things, and mm-hmm. I I can I can buy a lot of crap for videos, and I but I've been trying not to and just use what I already own. Gotcha. So you might that might be that might be creating a, a universe by accident. <laughs> You've got some of the same folks too that that work uh, mm-hmm. some of the the background yeah. characters. Yeah. I also say that the 
For sure. I'd say that Garjulaverse extends into the live performance too. Back when that was a thing, I can hardly remember <laughs> when that was. Um, but yeah, the phone. there were some special things that happened on stage that you could count on happening, reoccurring in shows, but they would have variations. So it was almost like the audience would be anticipating what take on something that they had seen before. That's really cool. For this I would just start considering more like a, a calling card, like, a, you know, Hitchcock having the, the bus door slam on his face in front of Psycho and stuff like that. Just the cameos and reusing same actors. Mm hmm. So, so this, uh, this is unscripted, but uh, it's all unscripted. We don't know what we're doing. Um, uh, that's I, not your luck. Could you say that again? <laughs> um, I, I'm interested in everybody's take on uh, the, and, and this applies to music, I think, as well as film, I guess, any creative endeavor, because like, you know, we're talking about reading into things. It's like, you know, oh, I see these connections in, in the it's really I just have a limited number of props. But as far as like your music goes in, in, in videos, do you think that there is either like unintentional meaning or, uh, you know, kind of get to the death <laughs> of the author kind of thing that like so kind of ask you guys in turn, do you think that that author intent is important or exist or can your music extend beyond what you even originally think it should be? either in you know on a conscious or subconscious level go on band yeah. talk <laughs> <laughs> you said this is going to be a fun podcast <laughs> i'd start by saying it's both the the author's intention is always going to be there and that's what drives the creation in the first place but once it's published it's out there in the hands of the audience and hopefully the author welcomes whatever yeah, i would agree with that. I, brought I think that the tension i think creates to me creation is like in the in the tension between things and that you know whether it's you know when you're writing some a piece of music and, and bring in somebody else adding to that there's tension isn't necessarily always bad but it but that's that's where creation lies you know it's kind of outside yourself yes i agree <laughs> This is sounding way too reasonable of a discussion for our podcast. <laughs> somebody, somebody talk about Star Wars real quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do want to say though, because I was listening to, to some of your stuff. Uh, and, and there's that thing about, you know, the author's attention versus what the audience takes them. Because, you know, we're we're hardwired to see patterns and things, whether they're there or not. Yeah. Uh, and like I was listening to to retro signs, and this is once again, this is just the feeling that I got. I don't know if it was your intention or not, but I got a, it, it took me back to uh, like listening to Colin Hayes stuff. Okay. The lead singer and, and writer for a uh, minute work. Uh, but it was, you know, he, he had a lot of stuff that was on the surface, just seemed kind of jokey and silly, but also had a very deep meaning underneath. Uh, okay. And like I said, and that caught me, and I, I caught a little bit of, I think, a Devo vibe from Secular Dances and Debauchery. But once again, that's that's me listening to it and putting together everything that I've heard over my lifetime, picking out things that seem familiar to me. Uh, and so just, I mean, how do you feel about that? Like when people come up to you and start saying things, whether it's true or not, about <laughs> your music or your, your films or anything like that? Um, well, first, I always say thank you for watching. <laughs> that often um 
you know, there's there's certainly some things that are intentional. I mean, uh, Secular Dances was uh, developed to sound like a Devo song. It didn't start that way, but I made it into a Devo song. And Retro Sense definitely has that 80s feel. And, and all that kind of stuff is, is very intentional, gives it a vibe that may not exist otherwise. You know, like the, the lyrics, that's that can go lots of different ways. I write the lyrics and lately, or at least in the last couple of years, I've been writing a little bit more. Uh, Jeremy's laughing at me. But writing a little bit more uh, idiosyncratic and more stream of consciousness and deliberately less funny because I, I uh, don't like the comedy band label. Sure. So um, usually I, I don't know where these things go. And then, when, you know, I'll make a demo. But once they go to the band, it, it completely changes and they add their own parts and it, it kind of develops its own thing that is more collaborative based on my sketch and then you know these things these things kind of developed like um the, the retro signs video started pre-covid probably years ago some of those ideas um and we filmed one scene with jeremy and the cows right before the pandemic hit and then the pandemic hit and nothing <laughs> happened and it wasn't until things started getting better this year that i actually made the rest of it and by that time, I had been able to come up with different things and piece together different ideas. And, and does it have a greater meaning? Not really. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's left. I leave things up to you to interpret for yourself. Well, I, I wouldn't categorize you guys as, as a comedy band. Um, and, and the thing that I, that I like about you, I would say that there is, there's joy and it, times unseriousness but that so my wife works in an art museum and several years ago she had the opportunity to work with uh christo of uh, christo and jean claude and he had this this big forum and there was all these like art school kids there you know wanting to ask questions you know and um <clears throat> for those of you listening that don't know he's the guy that like wrapped an island and wrapped the building. He wrapped a lot of stuff, <laughs> made giant parasols in, in Japan. But the, this, I'll never forget it. It was, it was so amazing. This, this kid gets up and he raises his hand and he starts talking about all this, you know, deeper meaning of art and this and that. And Christo goes, you know, I just do things because they don't make sense. And because there, there's no meaning behind it, because that's what makes us human is not having, you know, he's like, I wanted to see if I could wrap a building and that's art. And I was like, it just blew me away, you know, and I get that kind of vibe from you guys that there's this bringing of like, I don't want to say like joy, because I think there is like a a darker undercurrent to some of the stuff. Um, Not cynical, but. Yeah, I, I've always, I mean, just musically, uh, not not so much the lyrics because, uh, you know, I don't have anything to do with the lyrics, but mm-hmm. um, musically, I think the way that I've interpreted this band since since before I joined and, and Vincent just gave me the demos um, is kind of like Vincent created this, uh, uh, the, the uh, a film KNFR, which is, is basically like you're watching TV early in the morning, yes. uh, in, in the nineties or eighties. And, uh, I, I've, I've kind of, the way that I've always interpreted this band is 
you're walking around a mall and you're hearing music play and we are uh that that music you know it's it's eclectic it's it's weird uh and and yeah it's got it pulls from many what's that makes you want to buy stuff (laughs) yeah it makes you want to buy stuff it's the pulse of consumerism yeah and we we've always joked yeah, we've always joked that our, our music, our, our genre is called new music. Alt mall, uh, like and <laughs> you, yeah, alt mall, yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> <laughs> Look, as a former as a former mall rat, like maybe that's that's where it hits me because like from I I came up I came up in the nineties in <laughs> in the mean streets of Biloxi. Uh, yeah. And work. I worked at the mall, and I was like, I thought I was the coolest dude in the world because I had I had inside track. Now I knew the security guards, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think I think what uh what I like about the the most recent video retro signs is like it it, it I think it, encapsul- it encapsulates that idea of the music where it's like very familiar and all of the vignettes are they have familiar mm-hmm. elements but it's it's also very surreal at the same time and that's that's kind of how i interpret I, I our, our music <laughs> have you ever been offended by an, uh, a fan's interpretation what, or anything am i he's offended, a, he's offended now yes. no. <laughs> <laughs> besides being called maybe a comedy band um, and by the way, your your admission that we aren't a comedy band. I had a made whole spiel ready to go um, in case you call me a comedy um, band. But, oh, I, I like but, to undercutting um, people. <laughs> way to dodge that bullet. But uh, yeah, any any other any other things that you've been so, called that you don't there like? Was, there was only one time where someone on Twitter where I'm not even active at all. Some guy who's like the lead singer of some decently popular English band called called my music alt alt music or not alt music. Um crap, what's the word? You guys remember I talked about this with you guys? No. I'd have to go back and, and look somewhere. There, well, what was your reaction to it? Uh, it was it was on the lines of somewhere like, "Oh, everything I make is purposely stupid. Like I'm intentionally making bad things." Yeah, like satire. Yeah, like or Tim and Eric parody band or something kind like of thing. Um, and I Weird Al. I like I like Tim and Eric, and I like Weird Al, but I'm not. Um, I've never really, with some exceptions, I've never made stuff that is purposely supposed to be bad necessarily. Fair um, enough. And well, and and I, I don't like to, you know, especially when you're talking to musicians, be like, hey, you sound like it's like I find that a bit diminishing of the work. His whole, yeah, his his whole thing was like. It's it's really funny how bad you guys are. You guys are really it it takes a lot of intelligence to be that bad but good, you know what I mean? Wow. Jesus. Uh-huh. And I think I think because he was in a band that was successful, I t- took it like more a serious band. He's in a serious band, so 
Vincent, you can just say yeah, that it was Morris. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we've been through a lot of Smiths lately, and it bothers me. We, we've a- all had a bad interaction with Morrissey one time of our lives or another. <laughs> <laughs> I know he listens to the podcast religiously, so I'll probably hear about it. <laughs> I don't need. There's not a thing he doesn't do religiously. <laughs> <laughs> that may be Yo. the most apt uh, description of Morrissey. <laughs> He's the atheist that does everything religiously. <laughs> so yes. we lost our two yes. more. So we'll, <laughs> we'll move on. Um, well, it, I mean, in that vein, does any, anybody else have uh, it, it been rubbed the wrong way with how you've been described? Or Yeah, I'm interested in this because I, I do a lot of the talking, but I'd like to hear what the band is their experiences is being in the band and having to put up with my uh, stupid things. But we can, we can talk privately if you don't want to go on. <laughs> well, besides the occasional testicle slip, it's really pretty. Manageable. Um, yeah, that may or may or may not have happened on stage at one point. It during happens. The costume change. <laughs> but it was a Christmas show <laughs> <laughs> at the old folks' home. I was going to say at the orphanage, but <laughs> those, those. Yeah. it was a very jolly Christmas. How do you like the jingle bells? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, speaking of like people uh, giving you, and, and I kind of want to segue into like. How, how you guys interact with the larger world and get into kind of the the infinite access that we all have and and kind of the signal to noise ratio of all that but uh so it, in promoting the podcast i was like i'm going to go on reddit and that was my first mistake plus <laughs> i want to go into the movie subreddit and be like hey i've got this cool podcast and I got two answers back. One of them was, I was like, listen to this cool podcast I made. And the first guy said, why would I waste both of our time? And then another guy <laughs> said, you should probably just kill yourself. Oh, my God. <laughs> Josh, uh, but while I was researching what a bricked pit was uh-huh. uh, and and think it, trying to think of one earlier today, I came across that Reddit post. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. So yeah. that was the last Reddit post. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I was. How you I told Jason right? about it. I texted him and he was like, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> like you, you are old enough to know how people are. So let me ask you guys, like how? Yeah, I mean, I think we live in a world where like the double edged sword is you know, here we are, like, we're halfway across the country, and we're talking to you guys, and, you know, in 1995, when uh, I was recording music on, like, a Tascam 4-track that we borrowed from the rich kid we knew, (laughs) like, no one was ever going to hear our music, and then, you know, here you guys are, and you're able to upload it, and for for all to see. 
we really just piggybacked off of Vincent's viral video fame that he had on, on YouTube. <laughs> it's, with, uh, it's a... Dave's Pizza Corner. Oh, I, I've watched Dave's Pizza. <laughs> Look, I, I'm not kidding. Like, I watched everything multiple times. I'll tell you. I'll tell you this: what there was like when I first discovered you guys, I was in. I was. I also my brother like turned me on to Kurt Vile, so so I'd listen to Kurt Vile for a little while and be like, "Geez, I'm kind of bummed." And so I'd put on your YouTube channel and just like put play all because <laughs> to lift me out of the the Kurt Vile funk. Awesome. So. <laughs> That's probably the nicest thing everybody said about the band. <laughs> I love Kurt Vile, but he is he is in that Morrissey vein. Like he didn't he ain't happy. And uh you're like, that's you know, you're right, things do suck. You know who doesn't think things suck? Vincent Gargiulo National Park. <laughs> they look like they're having fun. They look like they like each other. So don't shatter yeah. my illusion. <laughs> but back to the question, I think that for me, like uh, I just approach uh, creating generally just like sandcastles, you know, like who cares who listens to it <laughs> or how many people watch it or whatever. I, I, I yeah, <laughs> Vincent cares, but I, I don't, I don't, I've never like, well, I have cared about that in the past. Um, and I think it was just something that came to me where it's just, you know, uh, I, I I enjoy the process and I will always do it. And it's just something that I love. And even if no one listens to it, it that's okay. You know, we really need you. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, um, my, my college band um, well, was post-college, but we were, um, we, we cleared out bars. Like, <laughs> like after two songs, people just, they were done. Even the alcoholics were like, "All right, I'm going to go to find an AA meeting." Um, we that's good. You you healed people. Yes, <laughs> we had people in the band that didn't even like the music we were playing. <laughs> they were. I don't know why they stuck around. I think because they couldn't find other bands and they just considered it practice. But they didn't bother to like really even memorize the songs or like they just they were just there. <laughs> I wonder what that would be like not memorizing the I feel, lyrics uh, of the songs. I feel quite fortunate um, because um, I have uh, assembled a very the the most talented band I could ever ask for, and they're the nicest people too that I enjoy, except Jeremy, and <laughs> and um, and they they uh, they put up with this stuff and I. I don't understand why, but I, I've stopped questioning it. But I I do want to uh, address that it's been the five of us since um, the beginning of 2016. And we actually started rehearsing in 2015. That's almost six years. Do you know how how rare it is to keep a band together with this, with the same people for that amount of time? It's longer than so, the Beatles. Maybe. I don't almost. know. <laughs> Look, I don't do research. <laughs> I just say things. We don't care about facts here in the brick pit. But yeah, that's that's incredible. Six years is, is a long time in band time. Uh, how do you guys do it? 
Well, we haven't done much the last two. <laughs> so that helps. Time apart is key. <laughs> Vincent eventually moved out. We're not roommates anymore. So that. Uh, that um, I don't know. I, um, I mean, we, we haven't really, we haven't achieved that kind of success that breaks up a band. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> It also helps is there's not really anything they can go off and do on their own right now either. Yeah. With COVID, <laughs> no one can have their solo hey, yeah. <laughs> that That's a little too true. I will say, like, I, I think Vincent, the way you, Vincent approaches things very professionally, even though the band is silly and ridiculous. Um, uh, but I, I think uh, uh, Vincent, Vincent, like the way that you approach things is is very like, Okay, we 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 have practice at this time, you know, like it's it's very very uh yeah, professional. Yeah. And I think I think uh, a, a band requires someone like that uh, uh-huh. that's going to to take things seriously. Um so yeah. I appreciate I that, especially during like our video shoots, you have storyboards ready and yeah. you have like the script laid out and everything and Make sure Vince prepared. Yeah, Vince sends me a timeline, and it's like I can set my watch by wow. by it. It like it it runs uh, like that, and that's that's. I mean, that I experienced that when I was in a band before and hired Vince to make a, vi- <laughs> a music video, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can I can be in a band with this guy. <laughs> and not to completely butter his bread even more, but. Um, <laughs> To speak more about his approach, I find myself when when I'm explaining this band to other musician friends, other friends, other people, um, at a loss for words of how to describe the music we play. But I find myself saying the same thing um, about how we got started and uh, kind of Vince's approach in that most of the time when I work with musicians, um, there's a lot of great ideas, but Mm -hmm. not much execution. when even when before Vince assembled the band, he had a full album ready that he sh- would share tidbits with me um, since I lived with him. And uh, he had ideas for music videos already. So even um, just as we hit the ground running, he already had a bunch of stuff for us to work on and continued to create along with it. Had a second album by the time we had just recorded our first album, that sort of thing. And so when I when I talk to my friends, I I tell them I've never worked with a musician who actually has as much uh, is is as prolific in their creativity, um, and it's it's really inspiring and it it makes it uh, enjoyable to be a part of the performance of it and the creation. And you need to check net tomorrow. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the the thing that I've noticed on top of being you guys are all just fantastic musicians. Um, Elisa, Jason and I both talked about how great your voice is. In um, A Frightening Vision of Hell, your harmonies are are sublime. And oh, I'd be remiss you. if I didn't. And that video is like, It's a frightening vision of hell Every time we touch, an angel explodes 
What a room of nightmares this is. Here, here I go. Say, I don't want to say that that musicians sound like certain things, but I'm about to say what your video reminded me of. It was very Lynchian, in in my estimation. The lyrics and and the video just mashed together so well. Um, I, I think it's it's just really fantastic. When I was when I was even thinking about approaching you guys to talk, I was like. I really hope that they don't say, well, you know, we shot everything on an iPhone and we just, you know, did the music on Pro Tools because I would <laughs> I would just die if there was not a lot of <laughs> forethought in between it. So it's good to hear. I shot the good luck video on an iPhone. <laughs> that was intentional. Right. That was an intentional <laughs> choice. Yeah. Based the on format the format kind of called for. I think the guy who produced those songs, um, he he did use Pro Tools. Well, yeah, I mean most people do. But I mean, did you you guys recorded in a studio? It wasn't like yeah under the bridge. <laughs> no, it was with a guy, a real guy, <laughs> Not a fake guy, um, Mark Pistol, who does a lot of like dubstep synthy stuff, which is quite obvious in our work, of course. Right. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, he's a cool guy. Um, the second the second album, I got a little bit more involved in the production and and drove him a little crazier. But uh, you almost made me cry once. It's not a good it's not a good production if somebody doesn't get upset. <laughs> what about in the in, a, in film school? Um, close friend of mine we were filming in a church he was doing a a version of, of salome and uh but uh, like updated and made it kind of like a heist film uh and this this poor actor um who was who was there for no money you know he was just in the theater department was literally tied to this big throne in this like this like prayer room in this tower of this this old baptist church and he and i had been at loggerheads all day and everybody else had stormed off the production <laughs> and he and i almost got into a fist fight and i remember looking over and this guy just like tied to the chair just has this look of terror on his face like they're either going to kill each other or leave me here tied <laughs> so so I, I, creative process can get tense and that was just film school in Mississippi. So <laughs> I have a quick story I can share. Sure. I don't, I don't even know if, you know if the band has heard this story. Maybe they have. Like to, to go back to two points, you were talking about the frightening vision of hell video. And then Jeremy was talking about me having the ideas planned way in advance. Mm-hmm. So, that video came around because I had um, we we used to do a cover of an Amy Winehouse song called "Wake Up Alone." We did record it and released it, but um, but uh, I was going to make a video for that song, and the video was just going to be me with a band of cardboard cutouts. And so I bought all these cardboard cutouts of different musicians and that was going to be the whole video. But then we made the album and I decided I don't want wake up alone on the album. So I took it off. 
we didn't need a video anymore. So I just incorporated those cutouts into the vision of hell video. And we shot that for three hours in a random rehearsal studio and called it a day. <laughs> well, it- and the whole topic of that song came from a place yeah. you visited right before your European yeah, trip, uh, right? There's right a place the in band. Wisconsin called the House, House on the Rock. You know it? I, I, I noticed, I think it was in your last video, you were wearing the shirt. Oh, yes. And uh, I have Ooh, my, my wife's family has been there many times. I've been once and that place does something to you. My wife wrote a short story afterwards about the there's a carousel full of like dolls. Yeah. yeah. And and it, like you, there's no escape from that place. Mm-hmm. Like you just keep going through all the, and the it's frightening like, vision of hell. Yes. Everything in that song is an actual thing that is in that building. That is awesome because I, I was very, felt very oppressed in that place. And and like my father-in-law was like, isn't this great? And I'm like, this is the most bizarre place I have ever been ever. Well, yeah, because you're right. Because I I didn't think about this, but yeah, there is, there's no going backwards Mm -hmm. going (laughs) and it just lasts forever room after room of things that don't make any sense whatsoever. I'm yes. Like and like, so like one room. Before. Yeah. <laughs> There's one room that has like narwhal tusk and like a, and like a fake like whaling ship. And then you turn around and it's like a fifties diner and you're like, what, how, I don't even understand why. And then there's a room full of like the automatic instruments. It's just like, it's like walking through a lucid dream almost. And it, it like, you just, it's a, I highly recommend it for a family trip. Every time you touch, <laughs> an angel explodes or something. <laughs> okay. Here's another quick story. Everything in that song is based on something in that place, except yeah. for that line. Oh, no, pyrotechnics. That was which, just the sexual tension, which is, though, right? Yeah. That line came from I was listening to the radio on the way to the house. Of the <laughs> and I heard I misheard a line in some other song. I was like, did they really say that? And then I looked it up and they had they didn't say that. And I was like, well, well, I can use that then. <laughs> That's fantastic. If only you remembered that so, other song. Yeah, it's probably like Taylor Swift or something. <laughs> I don't know. It was just like pop radio. We have one rule here, and it's that you don't make fun of Taylor Swift. I didn't make fun of her. <laughs> I'm kidding. She's acknowledging it. She's horrible. There, I said it. <laughs> she, she, unlike us, had a very rich dad. So <laughs> really long back. So you just lost one of our listeners there, Josh. Look, if if you like Taylor Swift <laughs> and you're listening to this podcast, you probably are very confused. <laughs> you, th- you still think this is a barbecue podcast. It's a brick pit. I mean, why, why aren't they doing barbecue? <laughs> so so tell me, guys, what uh, it just says, I mean, I don't know everybody's age here, but like I said, I, I my first recording I ever did was on a borrowed Tascam four track, and we thought when when the lights went red, that was a good thing. So we <laughs> everything's clipping. Yes, we had a very blown out 
uh, demo tape and we were going to be the next big thing. And it, you know, it used to be, it, it's that way. It was that way in film, unless you were connected, it was very difficult because there was, there was the monetary cost of recording albums or, or purchasing actual physical film and having a finite supply. Like, you know, I've got a thousand feet of film got 24 frames per second. I have X amount of footage to shoot. If somebody messes up and we're out of footage and we're out of money to develop it, that's it. And then the 21st century dawned and 20 years later, I mean, you can film a film on an iPhone with unlimited shots and you can record an album in GarageBand and upload it to YouTube and the thing that I haven't been able to figure out because it's that means all the people that suck <laughs> have the same access as good people and get in the way. And sometimes the the general public taste is not exactly great, um, which is why. So, but it's like you don't want it locked down, but have like a few studios figuring out who's good. But you also like who has time to listen to every everybody that posts something on Bandcamp? Yeah, that's interesting. Like, is there a film equivalent to like a SoundCloud? Like the 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 all the mumble rappers on SoundCloud that that become you know multimillionaires? Oh, just- I, I w- oh yes. Uh, so so I've got kids and they love watching people play Minecraft, and it drives me crazy because they're playing Minecraft and they have like roles that they're playing, but they're usually just screaming at the top of their lungs. There's no cohesion. You're like, like everything like that I've learned about like story is just thrown out the window. And I was like, surely these people are just one off. And you look and they're like multimillionaires. And then you're like, well, maybe they're just kids. And you're like, they're 40. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and, yeah, the whole vlog is it, a good example. Of, of yeah, but, but I guess if I could scream at a camera for hours a day and become a millionaire, would I do it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, much, much like uh, this house in Wisconsin that y'all were talking about, uh, you know, just walking through life now is just, you know... Uh, a series of meaningless vignettes. Bring <laughs> <laughs> down the moody and geez. Yeah. Money yeah, so. means nothing. Talent. <laughs> there's no point in thinking about anything or trying. You'll have you'll have to excuse the and he's he just became a father. <laughs> oh, well, congratulations. Thank you. Right now. <laughs> you will learn a lot about. You will learn to appreciate the few good kids programming out there. (laughs) You will cling to it like a raft. Like our music videos. Yes. (laughs) Jeremy, Vincent, Elisa, any, any thoughts on, on what your experience has been? Uh, Like, do you guys get, I don't know. uh, How do you feel about the, the landscape at large? I feel like it's gotta be difficult to be, and I hate the word content creator because that just sounds like, man, that sounds like <laughs> you're a cog in the machine, you know. But <laughs> um, it's it's something that I think about often. I mean, I I can't say that I'm chasing fame per se, mm-hmm. but I, I do work hard on these things, and I 
I want people to see them. And I'm always constantly trying to figure out how to do that um, and, and beat the algorithm of social media. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's challenging. I don't know if I have uh, the answer or I would be doing it. Right. We, 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 <laughs> we'd be having a different conversation or you would be ignoring my calls. I do. I mean, I, I've had, I've flirted with viral videos. So I have a, a slight, the slightest idea of what that world is like. It is, um, it is not, I am quite aware that my biggest hits are the two stupidest things I've ever made. <laughs> so um, I do think about that. But I also tried to make some really stupid stuff, and that didn't catch on either when I tried to make stupid stuff. Right. Well, J- Jason and I have talked about that that before, about there, there is a there, – it's, it's kind of like the Sharknado thing, that there's this, this, this industrial kitsch or, or trying to produce cult phenomenon, and it is it, – it's the worst uh, because yeah. there's no, there's no intent behind it. It's all, it, you know, I think that like the best successful um, cult or small, like, you know, there, there's, there's an intensity, there's a passion behind it. And, and I'm not putting you guys in like, in like that kind of category, but, you know, obviously like, like everything that you guys do, it's, it's apparent that you're having fun. And, and and tell me if I'm wrong because like like all your videos look like I'm like I want to be hanging out with these dudes and uh and now I am and we're talking about depressing things so <laughs> the wizard behind the curtain world emotional people right right <laughs> it it was just that guy but yeah I think we do as a band engage a bit more in the the content thing um and not in a frivolous way hopefully most of the things the the promotions that we do or Vince comes up with. Um, he puts a little effort into that and tries to make a little creative side thing. So hopefully we're on the less mind-numbing side of that whole game. <laughs> I thought the uh the Valentine's Day special was was super cool. That was um yeah and, and you guys like do any of you have like a background in theater or anything? Because you all have the, the camera loves you. You're very expressive and um Jeremy comes across as do you feel like your typecast is like the handsome sax guy? <laughs> he is 100% the sexiest man in the band. <laughs> I mean, why not? I think all of us have some sort of background in theater or filmmaking. Um, I mean, Vince went to film school. Um, I worked with a screenwriter for a number of years and made a oh, short wow. film like that, 15 years excellent. ago or something. Um, I think. Yeah, um, we've done like uh, theater. Jasper's done theater. I think Ian, you've. Yeah, I was a theater kid in high school and did improv in college terribly. (laughs) Um, Well, you said improv. You don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to qualify over terrible. (laughs) Uh, So our improv class that usually streams us is now not listening. (laughs) You promised you wouldn't say that. 
We've alienated Morrissey fans, Taylor Swift fans, and I would like to see kids. The, You're done. I'd You're like done, to see Mr. the Venn diagram of that because there's probably just like one specific dude that lives in like Duluth. <laughs> it's like, I'm done with you guys. <laughs> um, it's also worth mentioning that our drummer, who's not here today, um, Jasper. His father um, is an actor, and his grandfather um, is was kind of well known in the the 30s and 40s for putting out some um, film content. So um, he comes from a long back. That, that sounded nefarious. Well. Sounded like it was like some <laughs> prohibition era stag films or something. It's like he pr- he produced some film content in the huh? 30s. <laughs> you know, there was oh. when work would. When you needed work, you needed work, right? Everyone's well acquainted with, uh, with you know, film content from the 30s. <laughs> Not exactly Fair sure enough. what it was, but, you know. I'm sure it was very... It's been my experience that most film is nefarious. On the, on the, it's all fist fights and whiskey. <laughs> Um, I mean, my my whole theory in, in joining in, or in, in starting the band was to, uh, you know, I wanted to put on a rock show that was mm-hmm. like entertaining. You know, I I, hate, I thought you just wanted. Well, to I late. wanted to, and then I got a girlfriend, and I mean, I am getting late, but now <laughs> just have one person. But um, so you don't want her to listen to that show, is what you're saying. That that part's in parentheses. It's the understood you. Like, why did you start a band? And because I want to create. Why music. All, that's why anybody starts to play music. Don't don't kid yourself. Oh, I'm not. I learned how to play um, more than words on the guitar <laughs> for a very specific reason <laughs> that never worked. I wanted the big rock show. I want there was originally going to be eight people in the band because I just wanted a big, just giant, like the mothers of invention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, electric violinist was on on the lineup. Yeah, well, because I knew someone. I knew someone who played violin. Um, but um, yeah, I, I always wanted that big theatricalness, and presumably they wouldn't have joined if they didn't want to be involved in that kind of stuff. Um, certainly for a a short time, I was looking for a guitar player and, uh, some of them just weren't, they weren't down with the, uh, the craziness. They wanted to play it straight. Well, how much, uh, of the band, like it, it, because to me, it's like you guys are, are, are inextricably intertwined with, with the videos, um, do you feel that way or uh, is that is that by design or is that just happenstance? Um, I, I think so. I mean, the, the videos are always something that I wanted to do because I have that film background. Before the band, I was making several short films, which I'm sure you've watched. Mm-hmm. And that kind of that kind of burned me out going back to Ian's thing he said long time ago about not making any more videos anymore. I, uh, I really did feel burned out at the time. And I wanted to, and the problem with making films is that you make it, you spend all this time making it and then it's done and people love you and then it's over. But with a band, you can do a show and you can be loved on every night. We're ignored. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, in theory, you can be loved on every night. In my head, I was. Um, so that that was good. That's why I wanted to start the band and then have uh, the video component as well. Um, mm -hmm. The earlier videos were definitely trying to, in my mind, trying to capture whatever I could of the viral David's Pizza audience. <laughs> those those are that's a different audience that does not care about vgmp <laughs> so but uh the the later videos i've just kind of done whatever i want and kind of just i'm just getting artsier and artsier josh let me tell you do it man get weird <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going deep into the art school background so <laughs> Well, Josh and I were talking about uh, the thing that struck me that a lot of people try and do in, in both music and, and video and film, uh, and they don't accomplish it because they don't have it, uh, is wit. But you guys have that. Like, there's, I, I can't really find the words for it right now, but it's the, the work that comes through to, to setting up all those shots and, you know, pulling it through and everything. Like the, uh, the one you talked about earlier, the, the good luck with the music, mm -hmm. you know you know, copying, you know, the, you know, uh, dating apps and stuff like that. You know, that's, that, that was very clever and it was very funny and it, it, it's entertaining and it's something that stuck with me. You're really cool person, but it's not exactly what I'm looking for right now. It was great to know you for a little bit. Good luck well in 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 the in, in prove the point of that it's not a, a comedy band like the, i mean the lyrics of that yeah. song have they have a bite to them you know yeah. um it's like it hit pretty hard <laughs> good luck with the music it was like oh man <laughs> i that's uh that comes from a very real place but like i feel like there's not there's there's not a cynicism to it um even though it is is a little bit of a of a darker undertone and uh and and i think that's that's something that i appreciate is that there's i get we're so full of snark in this world i think that if no one was snarky for the next hundred years we would still have meet, met the quota um and i don't i don't get that from from any of you guys um tell me if i'm wrong uh you know uneducated hick is works uh <laughs> whatever whatever slurs you want to throw my way i don't know it's it's hard for me because i've often been um labeled as as highly sarcastic and sardonic and cynical <laughs> and morbid and depressing so uh it's great that i'm, I'm not coming off that way in my art so those lyrics come from an actual text Oh, wow. <laughs> well, the chorus, yes. The chorus was a real text message that I got from someone. <laughs> and oh, when, you see us, when you see us live, Josh, when we hit mobile, um, <laughs> I have this whole spiel that I say before <laughs> the song that tells you all about it. <laughs> we would love... <laughs> I'm thinking about rewriting that part. But, <laughs> but yeah. I miss uh, you guys. I miss performing so much. I bet. So, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, let's let's address the elephant in the room. How 
just how much did that suck? <laughs> I mean, but you guys have gotten together here recently, at least to to finish up the video or if not, not practice. It was especially huh? hard in this band uh, just because our live performance is like a whole nother dimension and a whole nother part of the Garchula verse, so to speak. Um, <laughs> we are way better live than our recordings for sure because we've had time to you know play together and experiment and we like well and there's down, there's so. there is something to um playing in front of people and 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 getting that energy from the crowd um yeah. and and putting it back out there you're you're all you always play better in front of someone um, unfortunately for me, that still wasn't, <laughs> it still caused people to flee <laughs> to the exits, but I encourage everyone listening to go to the, to the YouTube, uh, go to Bandcamp, download the, the albums there. In fact, two of my favorite tracks are not, um, videos. I, nobody wants your homemade pornography <laughs> may be one of the, one of the, the <laughs> greatest songs ever written and then uh lockford life like hit oh you hit lockford so hard nice. <laughs> I, oh man i oh man lockford yeah. live is awesome Dude, as, when we go to mobile we're gonna play it just for as, you. as soon as i heard dollar general i was like i was like, all right this <laughs> this is i get this My parents lived in Lockford, which is a very, very small farming community in the Valley of California. And uh, my dad goes to the quite often. There's really nothing much more in Lockford. Um, Lockford meat service. And, you know, I am, I am of that age that I could. It's things you think about as you mature. Where when we play live, uh, I generally change the name of the town to wherever the lo- the local town we're in. It's an old wrestling trick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I steal from old vaudeville ideas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everything's pretty much an old vaudeville idea. And and, and going back to Morrissey. <laughs> Uh, nobody wants your homemade pornography, Ralph. Was definitely intended to be a Smith soundalike song. I don't know if you ever picked that up. But. I, I did, and that may have been, um, yeah, the, uh, the the vocal stylings in the cadence is really uh, indicative of of good old. Nobody, nobody wants your homemade pornography, Ralph. Despite everything that I have said already, that is definitely a comedy song. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you do want my homemade pornography? So that is that is what I'm taking away from that. You can't make a song called "Nobody Wants Your Homemade Pornography," Ralph, and say it's not a comedy. I am I am that at least self-aware. <laughs>
It's it's a jam. <laughs> I do like I play I like to play it live and we recorded that pretty early on and it the live version nowadays the live version is much better, more action packed. Oh, yes. And Elisa gets to sing on it too, which she didn't do on the record. Um, I want to push her voice more and more. Mm-hmm. I think the third record, I'll sing maybe three songs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, and uh, on another note, I was, I, I, as Jason noted before we started, I just bought a new computer and I promise you, um, I can't buy you was going through my head as I was on Amazon. I was like, I can buy a computer. (laughs) (laughs) I can buy a computer and I can buy a nice cream cone. I can buy a scooter. I can buy anything I already own. But the one thing I want most in life is for me to be We changed the lyrics to that one too. <laughs> we'll just at the end. So. Gotta keep it fresh, Josh. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that Always. that was one of my favorite songs on your original demos that you sent to me, uh, Vincent. That was that was one of my favorites. Yeah, all your videos are great. Uh, Frightening Vision of Hell, I think, is 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 my favorite. Uh, Jason, what about you? I've already uh, mentioned that I really like retro signs. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I can't buy you, which we just mentioned, and uh, '80s theme song yeah. as well. I really, like I said, I, I, I like like when I was talking about your wit. Like one of the things that I think, like uh, the Key and Pill sketch comedy show, what made it so great is when they referenced something. It wasn't just like a lot of other people do, just a, a quick glance reference and go on it was an understanding of what they're referencing and i and i get that a lot and especially like the the 80s theme song sometimes you get a second chance but you botch it up again some things just happen once some things don't go as planned but when everything goes wrong my 80s theme song comes on. It is a very good deconstruction of the old sitcom opening skits or uh, opening credits, excuse me. And so it, it's, I, I like the evolution of your character through. <laughs> that just the, <laughs> just <laughs> the confusion and then <laughs> the it, was, it was like the six stages of grief <laughs> <laughs> it was it was quite rewarding for me to be a asshole to kids yeah as i say sla- slamming up slamming the door in a kid's face man <laughs> living the dream that's that's why we all get into creation I'll be paid for their therapy too. <laughs> That's for their parents to worry about. Remember paying. They, they were all paid. Don't worry. They so, guys, paid. what are what are some of your like favorite memories of of filming or like the the things you're most proud of? Um, 
One of my favorite filming experiences was uh, Woke Up Screaming. I just keep expecting you there. And Jesus has subscribed to my prayers. I don't believe you when you say always. You say, how you doing all of my days? I feel like uh, we actually went up into, what was it, Arnold, California? And got snowed in. Literally got snowed in. Um, lost power in the morning and had to go down to the local um, uh, lick skillet oh, to wow. recharge our, our our camera batteries to continue shooting. So the fear on our faces was actually genuine. <laughs> <laughs> so it almost actually turned into a a horror scenario. Like you're on on the edge of actually. I'd snapping. say past the edge, but yeah. <laughs> I did snap on that. <laughs> Is that when Ian cried? One of the times. Yeah. <laughs> one, I, I cry every practice. Because it's over. But yeah, along with the adventure and the, the troubles of shooting that video, it was good to get yeah, away yeah. with the band. And it was almost like we had a, a vacation together. I will say this. Um, I feel like the quality of our music videos just gets better. Oh, better. yeah. Uh, un- unequivocally uh some i think it was um come here for love that video is looks like 10 million dollars And and I, w- I wanted to, so like the the kind of rotoscope animation is that was that something that you did or was that like stolen from the internet? <laughs> yeah, so Jeremy, that was, was actually done by the skillful one of my friends, Vero, um, Veronica. She I met her in a graphic design class that I that I took, and she came out um, to a couple mm-hmm. of our shows. And has probably provided us with at least half of our fan base. And um, she, she and Vince talked about um, doing this animation spot in the video, and they collaborated, and it turned it out, and it turned out great. So it was really good. Oh, absolutely! I mean, like I said, that that video looks just as good as anything that you would see on, you know, MTV 1995. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I don't so know where videos video. go anymore. I well, it and, looks like VH1 too. <laughs> and the, the animation happened because of COVID. Originally, it was just going to be me dancing with some dancer. Okay. Now, um, it couldn't be six feet, six, yeah, six feet by somebody. So I had to. We just did it in animation instead. The the costuming and all of that. Um, where? Oh man! <laughs> Show your inspo boards. <laughs> there were so yeah. many. So uh, yeah. For for that video, every shot in there was um, storyboarded and based mm-hmm. and inspired by several like old eighties and 70s um, advertisements and just um, a lot of like, it's hard to describe, but just like, just very surreal old images. 
uh, I wanted to do something with models because it was hard to get the band together <laughs> during COVID. They all needed work real bad. And we're, and we're not... By all the actresses. I didn't mean... Oh we're not good looking enough, <laughs> You're too good looking, and that's the, my problem. He wanted real people, not... <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, all that was shot... Well, not all of it. It was begun before COVID and then I had to completely change most of it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Early on, the video was going to be much more simple. It was just going to be me and Alisa doing that puff daddy thing, <laughs> you know, cutaways to some other stuff, but, um, once, made the right call. <laughs> once COVID happened, I had to get more creative and just, I just started and I also, you know, I didn't, I didn't know. I was like, am I going to, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> like, am I going to be dead in a few months? So I, I better put every single idea I've ever had. It's pretty much that video. That's the Stephen King method of finishing the uh, dark tower. <laughs> I had to use this Ian footage before I died. <laughs> um, With all the hands on. Uh, How did that shot make you feel, Ian? Uh, actually, uh, a little bit of that shot, the actual joke was not included in this video, but there, the, the joke was there were lots of hands rubbing me down and then mm -hmm. one, one foot comes into frame and, and rubs against my face. Uh, but the foot was cut out of this. Yes, music for you. It's <laughs> maybe, maybe another. If you look for it, it's in there. Oh, really? <laughs> it's not noticeable, but it is in this. It is in one shot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun one to shoot. It, it looks fun. Like I said, it looks like you guys are having 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 a blast. What what do you shoot on? Which iPhone do you use to shoot? <laughs> I have the iPhone SE twenty one. Um, I have the majority of the videos have been shot on a Canon five D. Okay. Mark II. Um, this latest one, Retro Signs, was a mix. Well, actually, I did use some of my cell phone, but it was a mix between uh, the 5D and I tried out the new Black Magic mm -hmm. uh, pocket camera 6K on some of those shots. So. How did you get the overhead shots in, uh, in Retro Signs, like when you're in the parking lot? Did you have a drone? Yeah, that would Jeremy. be one of my little sidekicks. <laughs> He's just um, really tall. Yeah, I've recently got <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm, I'm actually eight foot ten. Form shoes. Form shoes. Um, but yeah, I recently got into aerial photography and picked up. Uh, that was shot on a Mavic Two Pro. So it was a drone. Yeah. See, my flippant comment sometimes you unearth a kernel of truth. He called me specifically for that gig. <laughs> it's a great shot. Um, are, we, are you talking about the overhead shot of Ian and Jasper in bed? Is that what you're talking about? Because <laughs> that was just me standing over them. Yeah. Vincent's like, hey, lay, in, lay on this bed in a dark room and I'm going to stand over you. I was like, this is where Vincent was. Where's the camera? <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a good film if unless you think you're about to be murdered. 
Sexy scenes are not ever sexy behind the scenes. I no. Guess. <laughs> I will say, Josh, I think we we might be we're we're probably similar to the same age. When I went I went to film school and I uh I was doing film too. Okay. And the, there's and there's I haven't touched it since. Me me either. But there that I God, feel like now it now it's just called school. <laughs> <laughs> There, there's something about like the tactile feeling of like actually like holding a shot in your hand and like physically seeing like the length of a shot. It's it's more um, craftsman like, I guess, than, you know, now you're just limited on time, you know, as how much you can shoot. You're not limited on, on film. And, and sometimes that's good. But sometimes I think it leads to like kind of a paralysis of choice. And uh, and I think that not to get overly serious, but I think in the realm of like digital music and, and filmmaking, like that's kind of, that's the, the crux of the problem is there's so much out there. Let's say most of it sucks. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, with somebody, you got to watch this video. You're like, do I? Cause it's probably going to suck. <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, that's it's the funny thing too is like like you do something and like like we get I, we've made connections with we had the episode uh, it's now two weeks ago or so when this film the where we had a, had a a girl from a, a woman from Australia join us to talk about bad movies and it's like it blows me away that like you know we're sitting here in in the American South and we're we're having these discussions about film with somebody that, that we'll never meet but that's literally halfway across the globe so it's like there's there's all that good stuff but then there's you know mumble rap like, <laughs> so like <laughs> how do you navigate that how do you rise above it how do you you know how do you suffer the slings and and arrows of outrageous fortune when uh when dave's pizza is the big hit versus you know the the much more artistic endeavors. Yeah. I, I feel that's, that's just like, I think you just have to embrace that and you just have to be like, you know, I, I think that it's futile to try to get above mm-hmm. it. Uh, it's just like, you know, I, nothing makes sense in terms of what is successful or uh, gets traction or anything like that. I mean, uh, I, I think the best you can do is just, just like, as I said before, produce something honest and that you enjoy, uh, and hopefully other people will enjoy it also. Like, like Vincent said, he was, you know, when he made David's pizza, he wasn't trying to make a viral video. Mm-hmm. And then when he tried to make a viral video after that, it didn't, it doesn't work. You know? Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's really true and i think you know yeah yeah, if you're not doing if you're not doing it for the love of doing it first um (laughs) but then you've got you know instagram influencers (laughs) yeah yeah but that's that's an interesting thing too of the whole digital media is that you're able like i don't i don't think ever before in the history of of humankind have you been able to present such a false narrative of reality to be accepted as true. Like the um, like fake it till you make it would not have worked 50 years ago. Like you couldn't walk into the steel mill and be like, Oh yeah, I can 
you know, you'd fall into the vat and die. They said that dude faked it till he died in the horrible industrial accident on the interwebs. You can, you know, you, you can present something from the back of your van that looks like you think yeah. we're a successful rock band. And <laughs> you think we're a successful podcast. <laughs> and and around and around we go, like the uh, yeah. like the dolls in the carousel at the House on the Rock. <laughs> Wait, you're not Mark Marin? Oh no, I am. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, I had this blog where I would interview artists, all kinds of artists in different you know um, phases of their careers, different genres of art, um, and they all kind of had the same thing to say, where it's like creating something is kind of almost impulsive. Like there's something inside you and you just have to create to get it out. It's, it's sometimes not premeditated. Sometimes it is. A lot of people have to work every single day in order to make something. And then sometimes it just comes out, but there, that creative compulsivity is like always there. And I think that's part of being an artist and creating things to connect with other people is sort of kind of the language, you know, and if you create something for yourself and it's honest, other people will resonate with that and connect with that. And I don't know, you sort of create a community through that. Um, And then, you know, you have these like influencers (laughs) or whatever doing their thing. I think the people that, I want consuming my art would be people that I would want to hang out with, you know, not people who would also consume this like fake stuff. Like I'm not a content creator. I'm I'm a human being moving around in the world. And then I'm also creating things. And like, if you like it, cool. I think that's Um, the divine spark of, of that creation is that, you know, thing that is, you know, we bring like Tolkien, I have to bring either Tolkien or Star Wars into everything. So he talked about sub-creation and that was, you know, cause he was a devout Catholic. So like he felt that, that was, that was a reflection of, of divine nature and human beings was to actually create and the antithesis of that was, was destruction or, or mollification. So, but I think that there's, you know, regardless of your, your beliefs, as far as, you know, I think there is an, an inherent need to create um, and not just, you know, to, to express yourself, but also bring something new into the world, whether you're successful or not, eh, you know, like I said, it, pe- people are going to like what they like. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I think there's, there's also kind of a beauty in it and like the flip side of uh, you know, this, this where the, the gatekeepers are no longer there and, you know, money is not really a barrier to getting things out. Um, I think the flip side of that is that there, there are people that are creating that are, you know, amazing and, you know, might've gotten ground down by not having money or access or whatever in the past, you know, um, like, you know, a filmmaker not having to buy film, uh-huh. uh, you know, I think that's, that's, uh, there's, there is a, an upside to that. Oh yeah. I, I, I think largely there's more upside than downside, but I think it's, it's, it's a complicated, uh, space that's been created that I don't think that there, there's an easy answer to one, uh, a recent release of a, of a 
70s album from uh, our 70s recording of Neil Young. Uh, he's in between songs. He was like really talkative. I'm a big Neil Young fan. So even though he disparages the South, <laughs> but he says he talks about the good ones you never get to hear because they either die too early or they're passed up by the record company. And he talked about how just blessed he was to hear the good ones, you know, people that he thought were better than himself because they just never made it. And, uh, and I think there's a lot of truth that, cause I mean, when growing up, like you, we would hear local bands that were just like fantastic. No one would ever hear. We'd be the only people to ever hear them play. And now like that, that barrier is lifted. And so those people have so much more access. And I think that that brings more good to the table than bad. I also think uh, what we're going to see in the future is the generation that, that grew up with this as ubiquitous uh, creating more content. Josh and I have a, a friend and his oldest son was making stop motion movies. He's like 10 years old. You know, that's something that we couldn't have done when we were kids because that would require getting a film camera, you know, and setting it up and doing the shots and everything. But in the digital age, you do it on your phone. There's a software you download that helps you and you can edit it right on an iPhone or an iPad. And I, that, that, yeah. that amazes me that that thing that was so far out of our grasp is just it's right there for everybody. Now. Yeah, I, I remember being a kid and watching like wallace and gromit or watching uh you know sipple and ollie and and like making sock puppets uh and and like you know but imagine imagine being able to do that and then also having the ability to you know put out your own your own little uh sipple and ollie show uh on your own you know or your own wallace and gromit on your own that that's kind of i think the real bad part is is like he was so much better at it than we were I'm not saying that I would have punched a kid. He did push him down the stairs, though. He says it was an accident. I I actually had to pick him up, carry him up the stairs for the accident to happen. It wasn't even a two-story house. He had to take him next door, take him up the neighbor's stairs, and throw him down and say it was an accident. It was a a whole whole ordeal. For those listening at home, that's a bit. (laughs) <laughs> Is that a pricked bit? Well, we in the biz call it joke. <laughs> you get it? <laughs> well, cool. Um, I think we've uh, we've probably taken your guys' time up long enough. I've really enjoyed talking with you. Um, wish you all the luck in the world. Again, you guys are fantastic. If you want to just uh, have any closing thoughts or anything, anything you think we left out, anything that uh, you guys are doing outside the we band. Totally you want to talk about the marvelous masterpiece that is monotonous activity. <laughs> that that is fantastic, actually. Maybe not. We will maybe, maybe, maybe on a follow-up uh, interview. We can get who was the guy that you the the that uh, Elisa uh, cajoles into the hotel room? Because because <laughs> that took some that took some guts for that scene to be shot. <laughs> And some cheek. It took a lot of cheek to shoot that. He's uh, he's just an actor. Uh, I don't really know him. He actually auditioned for the Muppetless movie, and he didn't get the part. <laughs> I think he auditioned for Fozzie. I think he auditioned for Fozzie Bear, or yeah, it doesn't matter. He didn't get the part. 
but um, I remembered him. I think I just emailed him and said, Hey, you want to do this? And I knew he was comfortable with nudity. Cause I think I, I think I saw something else where he was pretty naked. <laughs> oh, there's like the scene in the true lies. Yeah. <laughs> the Fozzie Bear audition was nude. Yeah. <laughs> he just had the handkerchief uh, on like Fozzie and just came in <laughs> in the buff with a, with a pork pie hat. <laughs> and threw tomatoes at him. <laughs> that video might have been the, the turning point where I actually believe, started believing in Vince's uh, vision oh. and realizing that he was onto something oh, more wow. than just a comedy. That's because I made him a sexy sex player. I'm glad you read through the, the fine I print. changed. I changed his image. Were you an unsexy sex player before? It comes in oh, ways. Yeah. <laughs> you had to go through the Gargiulo verse to become sexy sex. <laughs> Yeah. Well, when you when you when you have only uh, 77 versions of me to choose from, Jeremy stands out, you know, <laughs> which started at 112 for, for that, I think, on the spreadsheet. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. All those were based on real dating profiles, by the I, way. I do. It, it appeared that's like the most legit thing I've ever seen on the Internet. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot claim complete creative control because I just basically recreated other people's terrible. Wouldn't it Picasso or whatever said that uh, all artists steal or all artists borrow or something, but great artists steal something like that? Yeah. So. That's why I'm a great yes. artist because I steal from every, every obscure thing that I find. And I stole Ooh. Jeremy's wallet right now. You better <laughs> pocket. He's a magician too. That? <laughs> That's right. I'm broke. I don't have a wallet. <laughs> he is a musician. I think it's a prerequisite. <laughs> well, I don't have anything to say except uh, thank you for having us, Josh. I appreciate. Oh, I, I really appreciate having you guys on. Uh, you guys are are fantastic in heavy rotation on on my Spotify. Sorry that you know it's not generating a lot for you. <laughs> I know the woes of the okay. Spotify. <laughs> if you want to know him more, you can go to VG National Park or VincentGargiulo.com or just find us on YouTube. And Elisa does have a really cool uh, offshoot, uh, not a band, but a oh, thing you. that she does called Valley Girl. And it's really cool. And more people need to know about that, too. I did. I did see Valley Girl. There's some very cool um pins and and there's a there's a zine of uh the san fernando valley i um it and i agree with the 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 statement that you know you're you're kind of taking back the valley girl from the uh from the frank zappa and uh yeah man (laughs) we're we're not all bimbos (laughs) look i i distinctly remember in in elementary school the uh the valley girl phase and i can only imagine the, it was terrible listening to eight-year-old southern boys doing valley girl accents so i i can imagine that all that you have suffered <laughs> <laughs> for sure thanks yeah but yes so what, what's the what's the website uh it's vlygrl.com and uh i make fun pins and stickers and stuff for uh san fernando valley folks like me um and yeah it's cool <laughs> ian jeremy you guys have any 
extracurricular activities. Yeah, check out my mumble <laughs> rap SoundCloud um, and subscribe on Patreon because I'm trying to afford face tattoos. It's it's based on Taylor Swift and Morrissey. So. And I'm at Sexy Sax Man on OnlyFans. You can find me. <laughs> <laughs> Jason and I subscribed earlier this week. You so. guys are my top <laughs> top contributor. <laughs> we get like a star or something. You get more than a star, but that's what. <laughs> well, hey, once the world starts uh, turning again, what what uh, what kind of touring schedule do you guys ever get out of uh, the California, or is it at this point? who knows i would love to go on a tour but it is it can be a little tricky getting us all together understood jobs and lives and right i don't know it's something we can we should i i have written some new songs and i've been flirting with rehearsing again but i've also gotten busy and tired (laughs) but i'm going to uh I'm going to share these things and we, we should probably be rehearsing sometime maybe soon. And then who knows what happens after that? Fantastic. Well, everybody, uh, you can find us at uh, brickpit at gmail.com or Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, any place you can find a podcast. You can probably find us. Apparently, if you look hard enough, you can find us getting made fun of on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so we'll see you next week and uh this is the part where jason likes to talk until we fade out into the uh apple loops theme song